Well, welcome back, guys, to the Australian Winning Podcast for episode number three. Today's episode is pretty exciting. Uh, Brendan, you have a good friend of yours on the podcast. Would you like to introduce yes. them? Yeah, absolutely. Really excited to have um, Holly Brook Beauty on with us today. Holly's a great friend of mine. I've worked with her uh, many times in the wedding industry and also collaborating on other um, you know, artistic photo shoots as well. So, um, yeah, she's a very good friend of mine and more than, more than happy to have her onto the show. Before we get into the episode, anything new and happening with you this week? Yeah, Adam, it is a quiet time in the industry with everything happening with COVID-19. I must say that it's been pretty good. A lot of people have been getting in touch and it's a really great opportunity to chat about ideas that you might have for your wedding day. So not just, you know, potential clients, but also couples that have already booked with me, just getting in contact, saying hi, reaching out, asking if I'm okay, which I really appreciate because obviously we're all going through this together. A lot of people are having to postpone their weddings and we're having to postpone our businesses. So it's really nice to to know that they're actually caring about you and get in contact and say hello, like reach out and make sure if you want to you know, run over some ideas or say, hey, I was thinking about doing this for a wedding. What do you think? And it's a, it's a really great time to just collaborate on other ideas that you, it, like in other ways, might not have time to, to collaborate on. So use use that as some, some good time for that as well. What about you, Adam? What's been happening? Uh, like I said last podcast, I've been catching up on my backlog, which is awesome. And, you know, in fact, I'm actually finding that because there's, uh, this downtime, I'm actually able to be a lot more creative in my edits and actually uh, think outside the box with each edit, which is really exciting. And I'm finding that each edit I do is different and a new idea and a new kind of thing comes in, which is really cool. But apart from that, I have actually seen some increase in inquiries this week, which has been great. There is talks of restrictions easing down, but we're not getting our hopes up, but that is really no, cool. definitely not. But yeah, it's just been a really good time to kind of really reinvigorate my love of what I do by spending more time and care, which has been really cool. That's such a good point. Like, and I've found that as well. They say that absence makes the heart grow fonder and I can't wait till I can get out and start shooting again. Like if I wasn't passionate about photography before, which of course I was, I am now like I, I absolutely can't wait to get out and start shooting again and, you know, do another wedding. I'm going to be so excited. Gonna, it's just going to be the best day when I, when I, you know, my next wedding, I can get back into it. You know, I mentioned it a few podcasts back where uh, for any creatives out there, this is a great time to just focus on yourself and really uh, hone your craft more. And like you said, I'm also very excited to film my next wedding because I have all these ideas that uh, because I've been watching and learning and looking that I want to implement them into my next wedding. So though it sucks right now that we're not taking photos and videoing any weddings, I'm excited for what will come. But in saying that, I think we should now just dive into the episode. So I'm really, really excited to introduce our next guest to the Australian Wedding Podcast. She's a dear friend of mine and a great makeup artist. So introducing Holly Brook Beauty. Hi. Welcome to the show. Hi, Holly. Hi. Thanks for having me. Well, very excited to have you on board. So tell everyone a bit about your business. Uh, so I've been a makeup artist for about five years. So I've got a, a diploma in specialist makeup services and I do little bits of everything, but weddings are a 
definitely a large part of of my job. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, What got you into becoming a makeup artist? Funnily enough, it was a wedding. It was my best friend who I used to do our makeup when we go out of a night and one day about two months before her wedding she turned around and said that she didn't really trust anybody else doing her makeup because she's very OCD and very picky (laughs) and she'll love me for saying that um and so we did about six trial runs with me and the five bridesmaids because I'd never done makeup for something like (laughs) this before and so I ended up doing it. So there was, I was maid of honour. There was four bridesmaids and a bride to do. So it was, funnily enough, one of my bigger weddings and it was my first. And that then, would have been a chaotic time for oh, you. Oh, it was a very, very early morning. <laughs> Luckily, I wasn't doing hair for that one, so it wasn't too bad. But I got halfway through the reception and the photographer gave me his card and asked me if... Uh, if I worked in the area and you know was was I willing to collaborate and I'm thinking well I've never really done this before so I don't know (laughs) so about a week later I started looking up diplomas and ended up finding something and ended up doing it for a second job and it's it's it gives me the creative part of my life because I'm an admin worker during the week and so it it brings a little joy. That's awesome. And so you mentioned that you didn't do hair for that wedding. So you also, um, you don't just do the, the makeup for the weddings, but you're doing the hairstyling as well. Usually, yeah. So I'm a hairstylist as well. So that was part of my diploma and I've got four little sisters. So they're very used to being guinea pigs. And so <laughs> I love doing hair. On a, on a typical wedding day, how does it look for you then? Like, you, I'm sure you probably don't do it all yourself or do you do it all yourself? Um, depending on the size of the wedding party, I will usually do it myself. I'll, if it's a bigger wedding party, I tend to have assistants. And so I very luckily have a couple of sisters and a close friend of the family that I bring on. And so I pay them as assistants and if, whether it's cleaning brushes or curling hair, they, they kind of do all the, the little bits and pieces so that I have time to, to do the actual styling and the, the, mm. the detail work. And so... Generally, I'll do it myself. If it's a very large wedding party, I'll hire a second makeup artist or a hairstylist to help out, Um, just like most of the people in my industry do, Um, just like you guys would, having second photographers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, so it it would just be something that I'd make sure I'd have a makeup artist that understands my style and how I work, and so it's still cohesive to everything else that I've done. Beautiful. Now, you you mentioned there about, you know, you did a few trials and obviously five isn't standard because that's before you even started your diploma. (laughs) (laughs) But um, can you tell the listeners about the importance of of having a makeup trial? It's it's imperative. You need to have that first initial meeting, even without the makeup, to make sure that you get along because you need to have a relationship because, as you guys would know, you, you end up talking to the couples for a fairly large amount of time before the actual day and it's a very large day for it's it's the start of their, the rest of their lives. So you want to make sure that personality-wise you match. But with the trial, it's an interview for you and it's an interview for the makeup artist. And so... 
you've got to make sure that your styles match up. So, you know, I tend to be quite natural with my brides unless it's they require something over the top. So I've done fairy weddings before, which is definitely not natural makeup. But um, you've it's it's like kind of any artist. It's you've got different styles, uh, the way that you paint, and so it's the same with makeup artists. You've got to find that makeup artist that kind of gets what you're wanting for your big day because you don't want to look at your photos ten years down the track and go, well, that doesn't look like me. Yeah. And and how do you get people to plan and prepare for a trial? Like not just from a skincare point of view, but also from like, do you ask them to go out and find styles that they like to bring you and, and use as examples or how, how do you go around that? I do. Usually we make a Pinterest board that we're both a part of. Um, and so Pinterest is everybody's best friend at this point. Um, and so you find even if it's, six different hairstyles that you like little bits and pieces from that we merge together in the end it's it's the same with the makeup side of things if I can kind of see what you're liking out of all of those I can see where your mind is and so the problem with just using it verbally is I might say smoky eye but a smoky eye to me is very different to a smoky eye for somebody else it might be heavier it might be lighter and so having those visual images helps you kind of get what they're where they're coming from but it's like having a mood board for anything right having that exactly having that concept of what you want something to look like and then come from that to find out the exact style now my question is when looking for a, a particular makeup artist you know Let's be honest, there's a lot of people out there that may be price hunting on certain things. And I've always talked about having quality over the the, the price. So my, my question is, when looking for that particular makeup artist, what do you really think someone should be looking for? Obviously, like marrying up uh, their styles that they want to the makeup artist. But what do you think is really important when looking for that makeup artist? I would actually look at the reviews. So a lot of the time, you know, you'll find makeup artists that have Facebook pages that, you know, they might have five-star ratings, but review-wise, they don't have much information in them. Whereas, so for example, if you look through mine, I tend to ask for for detail. What did you like? What didn't you like? Luckily, I don't have too many didn't you like comments. (laughs) But but it, it kind of explains who the makeup artists are but I find the reviews are a really big important thing my my big one is and you know I might be a little bit biased but I do believe in qualifications it's 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 okay to be self-taught you know technically you don't actually need a qualification to be a makeup artist um or to work as one uh, but I find, especially in this, the way of hygiene, which is a huge one for me. Especially I right had now. A, yeah, especially. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Um, one of my makeup teachers has a science degree, and so she brought microscopes in, and you looked at dirty brushes very, very, very closely. So that scared <laughs> oh, the daylights out of us. So all of my <laughs> brushes get cleaned, even my personal ones, very, very regularly. But it's it's little things like that, knowing that 
they know what they've been what they're doing they've been taught the right way to do something so the art side of things is great you can you can be naturally gifted on the art side but it's the business and the the hygiene side of things that i think sometimes gets let go and i I, yeah yeah, and i find that's important because it's the last thing that you want on your wedding day to end up with pink eye or get an infection and you know that's not (laughs) something that you want on your honeymoon so that's 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 a big one for me (laughs) i think it also comes down to as you said before the connection that you have with the person like even as a photographer's point of view I, I know that there's probably, you know, 100 or 1,000 other photographers out there that could take similar or, you know, better or worse or slightly whatever shots than myself, but it's also about what you bring to the wedding day. It's also about the connection that you're able to have with them because that's part of the experience. Like, they're sharing this time with you because you're providing a service, so make it enjoyable. And if exactly. you have that connection, it, it does become enjoyable for them as well. I'm the first person that they tend to see. So six in the morning or, you know, heaven forbid you're having a sunrise wedding, I am the first person that you see. And so if I go in there and I'm in a bad mood or which doesn't very often happen because, you know, I don't tend to be in bad moods. But I, I don't uh, think I've ever seen you in a bad mood, actually. <laughs> it doesn't happen very often. But if you kind of set the tone for the day, that's, you know that's what they're going to go with for the rest of the day. So generally you've got a bride and she's been planning this for a year, if not longer, well, especially these days because they're all po- having to postpone them till next year. But they've been stressing about this this wonderful day that they've planned and so it's kind of read between the lines, job of yours, to make sure that she's calm and that she's happy and that she's having a good day. And if the bridesmaids aren't sure how to be helping her, that's something that I tend to do. And one of my big rules is if you've got your mobile phone, there's nothing going on that's more important right now. You can give that phone to your bridesmaid. And if something drastic happens, she can tell you, but you don't need to be looking at it all day. You don't need to be replying to people. Enjoy the day. Take a break. Actually eat food. (laughs) So it's, yeah, little things that you wouldn't usually think have anything to do with my job, but it's, it's a side thing. It comes with the industry. Yeah, you make a really good point there that you guys, the makeup artists and the hairstylists, you guys are the first people that the first vendors that they're seeing in their day. So those nerves and those anxieties are probably at an all time high because the day is there. So you, you, you know, it comes back to what me and Brennan have talked about a lot in these uh, podcasts is that every vendor needs to be a, a people person, be able to read people. And if that person, you know, gives off any form of anxiety on their job, that that's going to put it out onto everyone else. So I guess uh, my question is, how do you keep calm, even if stuff is going down and you're running 45 minutes to an hour late, which has happened for my weddings before when things like this has happened? How do you keep calm, especially on those days when you might not have an assistant, like you may be completely by yourself? What are things that you do to keep yourself uh, calm to help the bride keep calm? Yeah, I think that's that's even more important to help the bride keep calm. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a matter of saying, go and have a drink. 
go and have a coffee. If you smoke, go have a smoke. If, if you need to talk with your mum, have a talk with your mum. If you want to phone your partner, and that's a big one, you know, you may not want to see them before the wedding, but there's no harm in actually having a conversation with them over the phone. And sometimes the bride talking to the groom or the groom to the groom or the bride to the bride will fix things in a matter of seconds just because you've you've got that contact with that person that you love and so that's that's always a big one it's it's go and have a chat with your partner if you're stressing because usually they're outside and they're dealing with everything that's going on and so that kind of eases it a bit it's also not so much about cutting corners but finding ways of if it's only happened once and it was because one of our bridesmaids ended up running an hour late and so we actually ended up having one of the other bridesmaids who knew how to curl hair went and curled her hair for me while something else was going on and obviously it's not the ideal situation it's not something that you want to do but you know if you're running an hour late you you find ways to to get things done a little bit quicker um and so her hair got curled, I styled it, and we ended up on time, which was fine. So it's it's keeping a level head because if they see you panic, that's when they'll start to panic. You, you've touched on something that I really want to talk about because, and I'll preface this with from the weddings that I've done with you, I know that you haven't run late and, you know, that's why I love working with you, but... <laughs> I know from a photographer's point of view, and Adam can attest to this as well, I'm sure, if the hair and makeup is running late in the morning, the whole day will be will be pushed back. Oh, yeah. Completely. 100%. How, how do you... And I, I'm just assuming that you do this in some way because from the weddings and the experience that I have had with you, you're always running on time. How do you educate a bride um, on how to educate their bridal party to make sure that everything is running on time? And I'm talking about, you know, is it is it stuff like, you know, make sure you're showered and, you know, face clean before I get there? Or how do you approach that? Because obviously there's something that you do where I've seen other makeup and hair artists who haven't been able to do this successfully. So this might be a really good tip for them as well to help them run on time because it really does push the whole day back if they're if they're falling behind. It really does. Um, my big one is I overestimate time. So when I go, I always do a run sheet with my, my brides and my grooms. And so I will overestimate how long it takes, even if it's, you know, 15 minutes, half an hour, that extra time just gives us time at the end that when the photographer comes in, you can have at the very end to mess around with photos and for mum to get photos of her doing up the necklace and the buttons and her friends helping her do up shoes or the groomsmen putting on buttons. Whereas those photos, if you're running late, those are the first photos to go because they're, you know. Yeah. And it's sad because those are the ones that you want. Those are the special little memories that nobody else gets to see that you want to remember. Um, And so my big rules with all of my brides and my bridesmaids are, and funnily enough, a lot of my groomsmen that I I do weddings for as well, um, is you wash your hair the day before so it's dry unless we're doing something that requires it to be wet. Fresh face, so wash your face, moisturize, 
preferably before I get there. And just those little things. So I've had, in the past, I have had a a couple of bridesmaids show up in full makeup and lashes and hair done where we had to have it taken off for them to get their makeup done, all because they did not want to leave the house without makeup oh, on. Oh God! Yeah, um, and that was that was a that was a day. <laughs> but it's it's little things like that. And my my big thing for the bridesmaids is this day is not about you. It's wonderful that you're going to look pretty and you're going to have lovely photos. But you are there to support your bride or the groomsmen. You are there to support the groom. It is their day. It doesn't matter if you have to walk out of the house with not a stitch of makeup on. You're going to look gorgeous later in the day anyways. That's when you're going to get your photos. Yeah. Is that something that you tell the brides? Make sure your bridesmaids do not wear makeup that day until I, I get do. There. It's It's one of the big things because, you know, and everybody has their insecurities, so I get it to an extent. But, you know, most of the time it's early enough in the morning that no one's really going to care. No one's had a coffee yet. So no one's really looking your face too closely but it's also for the longevity of the makeup if I have to take makeup off that means that we're scrubbing your skin which means your skin's going to be angry and irritated by the time we actually put the makeup on and you're going to end up with you know wear and tear by halfway through the day because you've already done that damage to your face yeah and so so it's it's important to to look after your skin beforehand for sure you know, one thing I always say to my brides is when I'm trying to organise my day for my hours is they're always like, oh, what do you want to to capture at the preps? And I'm like, I always want to get the finishing touches in your makeup. So preferably whatever time myself and I'm sure Brennan agrees that we get there, we want hair completely done. We want your base, base makeup pretty much done because really for photos and videos – we don't. We want to. We want to capture them in the best possible light. So we exactly. only really want to ever get you know the lipstick or the, the the blush and those kind of fun and beautiful details. So with that, what type of schedule do you kind of try to keep to? Like, do you do the bride first? Like, what is your what is your preferred method? Well, with my with my brides, they tend to always go last just because we want them looking the best for the longest. However, what I'll generally do is, depending on whether it's updos or if we're curling and pinning, we'll, we might set her hair first so that she has the longest time for that. But I will have a conversation with them just in regards to the photographers that if you're wanting photos to come in where you're mostly done or you're almost done, this is around the time that you need to be organising your photographer or get him in there so that he can take some shots of the bridesmaids or if he's doing photos of the rings, that's, you know, give him an hour to do that or so beforehand so that you're a bit more prepped so that you don't have half a face done by the time that, that he's taking photos of you. And so it's it's about communication and I tend to tell my brides that if they want me to have a chat with the photographer and that way we can plan our days together, that's fine and I do that quite often as well. It's all about communication at the end of the day. Exactly. And finding out from the brides as much information, you know, okay, the photo and video team are coming in at 11 o'clock, which means they probably want to start doing that. So maybe I can start doing the bride at 10.30, which will give me an hour to get the makeup done. By that time, they've captured all their details and they're ready to go to capture the final. Like those kind of things that you can have that communication with. And I've, 
I see a lot of disconnect with communication uh, sometimes. And I think it's really important that every one of your vendors needs to know what's happening. Yeah, and that's something that we touched about on last episode with Sydney Celebrant Glenn as well. Like when when all the vendors can come together and work seamlessly and actually collaborate together on the day. And as you said, Holly, even beforehand, if you want to give another vendor a phone call and just run some ideas past them, it's just going to make that experience so much better for, for the couple. Exactly. Well, a lot of the photographers that I tend to work with, I've worked with before, especially with weddings, because, you know, we're in an industry that we kind of, we work on word of mouth. And so we'll suggest people that we've worked with before if our brides and grooms ask for it. And so that's generally how I get a fair few of my weddings is because the photographers have suggested me. And so we know how we work together. And so we'll message beforehand. And if we know the venue, we'll talk about, you know, oh, this might be a nice place to get photos. Or I I will say this of a lot of photographers that I work with, you always try to get very nice photos of my work specifically to show off my work so that I can have those photos at the end because being a makeup artist for weddings it's not so easy to get those photos sometimes and so you know you always ask the bride but brides and grooms get very busy after weddings and (laughs) so they forget and it's you know fair enough it's it's a big day and there's a lot to remember but a lot of the photographers that I work with will will ask beforehand just while I'm in the room do you mind if I send Holly a few photos and it's I've never had them say no and that way you get photos because unless you do kind of an organized actual wedding shoot getting that content can sometimes be a bit tricky. And so it's it's nice having those connections with the, the people in your industry. And it's, again, it's about communication because, you know, my help, my work helps your work and your work helps my work. And so it's, it's it. good to have those connections. Yeah, I always try to tag all my vendors in anything I post because then – they're going to share that. They're going to go, great. And then from that, you know, you build that relationship. And like you said, we work off a word of mouth and, you know, the makeup artist might go, oh, this person's great. He sends me stuff all the time. Awesome. I'm not so good at tagging. It's pretty much because I'm hopeless at social media. So I <laughs> apologize <are>. for <laughs> vendors. Look, I'm more than happy to share any photos that I take with any vendors. Just message me and I'll send them through. But I'm so bad at tagging. <laughs> so... Obviously, your day is done after they leave. But what is some tips that you would you suggest to your brides to keep everything looking great throughout the day? You know, because different weathers, it might be hot, it might be raining. Like, what's something that do you do? You give them like a like a here's the lipstick that you can have for the day. Like, what kind of things that you do to keep the bride looking great throughout the day? Uh, So there's a few things. So my big one is I will usually give them a sample of the lipstick or if they've turned around during the trial and gone, well, I love this one of mine, we'll plan for that. And so they'll have that during the day. But I do have, you know, little containers that I give them the, the lipstick with. It's also about, you know, your skin gets oily during the day. That's just... A thing that happens to everybody and so it's just reminding them that it's as simple as just go to the bathroom get a thing of uh, just a square of toilet paper if you can find it these days um and and dab 
and then that's 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 nice and simple but having something like uh, translucent powder just in your pack in your your little carry-on or your bridesmaids carry-ons um and just having that to touch up during the day lipstick and powder is pretty much your basics but it's it's a matter of making sure that you don't add too much or else you're going to end up looking very cakey by the end of the day do you ever get anyone asking you to stick around until after the ceremony so they can get touch-ups just before the photo shoot I definitely have. It is, it's obviously an extra cost, but there's, yeah, there's been a few. My favourite one that I stayed for, though, was a wedding. So I did touch-ups a little bit, but they didn't really need very much, which was nice. But I actually stayed because they had a, a festival-themed wedding reception. And so I did face painting for oh, the rest cool. of the day. And so my sister assisted for me. And so all the kids and a lot of the adults that were drinking ended up getting their faces <laughs> painted and, and they had festival games and all sorts of stuff. So that was a fun one to be a part, that sounds part fun. of. Yeah. It was, it was great. Look, one thing that I want to touch on, and I know that like we've spoken about this before, how do you prepare a bride in not just like you know the day before but upcoming to the wedding in regards to skincare so they can get the Uh, most out of your services on the day so i always let them know that water is the most important thing and it's something that tends to be forgotten especially if you're stressing out it's it's not something that you concentrate on but it's it's great for your skin it's great for everything really and so that's a big one exfoliating but not exfoliating the day before all the day of because no <laughs> um and a big mistake that a lot of brides tend to make is going in and getting a facial the day before and that's a huge no-no why what does because that do? so with facials most of them w- would usually be fine if it's a moisturizing one it's not going to do too much but it tends to to irritate the skin a little bit not a terrible way or anything but you can end up with very red skin or very sensitive skin because especially with the exfoliating you're getting rid of all those dead skin cells and bringing very new baby skin up to the front and putting makeup straight onto that is it's never going to be a fun thing so you'll end up with um your skin being more oily Uh, yeah and it it's not very pleasant it it can hurt and so if you heaven forbid have a reaction that's that's not what you want on your your day um it's the same and if you've done a trial with a certain makeup and then now your skin's irritated it might react differently exactly exactly and so the other big one is eyebrows so if you're going to get your eyebrows waxed or threaded do it the week before so you have a little bit of time for growth if something happens you've you you know it gives it a bit of time to calm down yeah, calm down, exactly. Yeah. Because <laughs> What I'm hearing is getting it done a week before, not the day before. Yeah, it's the same with hair and it's especially the same with, with grooms. If they're getting their hair trimmed, do not do it the week of the wedding. Please, for the love of God, don't do it the week of the wedding because <laughs> there's been so many mishaps where boys have had to just shave their heads in the end because, or to cut it real short because it's just not what they were wanting. And yeah. Yeah. And another thing that I know is one of your favourite topics, what do you have for us in regards to tanning tips? Oh, God. Don't don't do it. Um, No. (laughs) 
don't get me wrong. There, there are some that are very nice tans, but you need to do it properly. And I would personally go and get it done professionally rather than doing the at-home ones. Unless you have tried it a thousand times and you know it's going to actually suit your coloring. It's the biggest pet peeve is if I do your trial and you're not tanned and then it comes to the day of the wedding and I get there and you have fake tanned. Oh, it looks that's so different. Entirely, it's completely different and it's an entirely different shade of foundation. Now, very luckily, I have foundation palettes, so I bring all of my foundation with me. So worst case, it's it's not going to be too much of a disaster, but Let's it set you back, adds... It adds that extra time because we've got to recolor match everything. But most of the time you're wearing a white dress and shades of orange are not, you know, complimentary to <laughs> white. Um, as I said very recently, I don't carry that many shades of Oompa Loompa in my kit. Um <laughs> <laughs> and so it's it's a it's a bit of a pet peeve for me. And funnily enough, it's usually the bridesmaids, not so much the bride. Yeah, yeah that's um, what I find as well. Yeah, and so I will always say, as as kind of preempting disaster to my brides, is ask your bridesmaids, are they thinking of doing this? And if so, you know, have a good conversation with them about it. Make sure that it's the right tan for them. Make sure that they're not going to look fifty shades of orange. It's it's. It's not always the best look I can, or ever the best look. I'm currently editing an, an, a video right now and colour grading and all the bridesmaids are different shades of, of colours. I have some, yeah. I have one, bride, I have one bridesmaid that's like white and then there's ones that are like super orange and I'm trying to colour match this and like, ah, it's, it's a nightmare. <laughs> and it's how do you make one look, I think Brendan said this recently, how do you make one look normal and then the other one? not dead. It's <laughs> yeah, look, exactly right. Because, you know, if you have someone that's completely orange and you're trying to colour grade that, well, if you're pulling the orange, it's it's pulling it out of everything. So if you've got a groom who did look alive, now he looks very desaturated and not not very healthy. So don't don't go too over the top with the tan. And as much as I want to do a zombie wedding, I want that to be planned. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because you you do like your specialty makeups. I do love my special effects. (laughs) Well, thank you, Holly, for all your insight. It actually has been really, really good. I've I've actually learnt a lot myself, which is cool. (laughs) I've known that Brendan makes sure you always bring lipstick and powder to powder your face. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> yeah. and if you can find a square of toilet paper, yeah, we're to, good to dab away the oil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> good but, boys. <laughs> thank you, Holly. We're, 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 this podcast isn't much about us learning as our listeners. So <laughs> You're you. welcome. I'm glad to teach you. But thank you so much for anyone that wants to follow you on socials. Can you please plug right now all your social medias and where they can connect with you? Yep, so on Facebook, if you search Hollybrook Beauty, and then on Instagram, it's Hollybrook BMUA. Cool. Excellent. And we'll also drop the links um, in the description as well, so make sure you go on and, and follow Holly on all the platforms. Thanks, guys. Well, Holly, thank you again. Have you got any last-minute advice before we say goodbye to you? Uh, for our brides and our grooms, make sure that you find a makeup artist that 
understands what you're going for. Don't let them sway you into a style that isn't you so that on your day you're actually feeling and looking like yourself. Love that. That's so good. <laughs> it's like, what, what did I say like, a few podcasts about? You do you, boo. Yeah, you do you. You do you, boo. You, boo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much, Holly. That's all right. Bye, guys. Take care, Holly. Bye. So, guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Australian Wedding Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on our social medias. Um, We have the the group page, which is the Australian Wedding Podcast group. It's a great platform for if you want to start up a discussion and ask any questions or suggest topics for future episodes. Um, We're more than happy to hear from you and collaborate there. And also follow us on our page for any updates, which is the Australian Wedding Podcast on Facebook. That's right, Brennan. We have a lot of great and exciting guests that are coming on board the podcast, which is really exciting. But this podcast is really about you guys and what you guys want to hear and, and, and learn about. So please feel free on those pages to hit us up and say, hey, we'd really like to hear about styling or uh, whatever it may be, uh, how to find a, a good caterer. Can we talk to catering companies? I think it's really important that we want to do anything that's going to help you guys. So just get involved. We'd love to hear from you. That's right. Now you can follow us on all of our podcasting sites. We're available on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes. There's so many. There's a whole list. But those are the three most important ones that you can listen to us. So, yes, please make sure that you also subscribe to our channel because that really helps us. And comment on our channel as well. Rate us. Give us a comment. That's really useful for us. So guys, thank you so much for listening. We look forward to seeing you again in our next episode. Signing off for now, this is Brendan. And Adam. And we'll talk to you soon.